section seven of the rover volume one number thirteen this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. read by kate fallis the rover volume one number thirteen edited by seba smith and lawrence labry section seven marcus bell the convict by leech ritchie i chanced to be present at the trial of this young man and his companions and was rather wearied than interested by the detail of the daring yet common crimes of which they had been guilty a female witness however at length aroused my attention not by her beauty so much lauded by the newspapers but by a singularity of manner which escaped the observation of all the reporters with one exception her calmness appeared to me to have something of desperation when desired to look at the prisoner bell she obeyed but her glance was instantaneously withdrawn and never again returned to the same object when going out of the court the same young woman passed me pale and composed no more but with flushed cheeks and crushing her fingers within each other as if to counteract some agony of the mind by physical pain i addressed her i could not help it and the rather that it was so public a thoroughfare as the old bailey and in broad daylight when malice itself could not suspect me of improper motives in speaking to one of her shameful and degraded caste the information i obtained from her induced me to visit the convict in prison and the story which by the aid of her hints i drew from him seems to me to be not unworthy of record be it observed that i wish to excite no sympathy for bell a penal colony is the best place for such desperadoes and his punishment was as just as his guilt was manifest it appears that marcus bell was born in chester and that his family was respectable though far from being rich after his father's death his mother let the greater part of her house in lodgings and her son the only child was sent to an attorney's office the lad if i may believe his own account was naturally shy and modest he had few acquaintances and as he grew up was long unsullied by those vices of youth which are leniently called follies when he had commenced his nineteenth year his mother for the first time received an actor in her house as a lodger it would have been well for her had she still suffered herself to be mastered by the prejudices which had hitherto excluded persons of this calling from her apartments but the conduct of the individual in question a mr haswell was rather calculated to raise the whole body in his opinion he was a quiet temperate respectable man and mrs bell repented the injustice she had done to the players marcus speedily became a favourite with mr haswell and the latter evidenced his good-will 
by giving his young friend a free admission to the theatre as often as he chose to make use of it i am not one of the saints and if i were i do not think i should believe that immoral or irreligious feeling are necessarily excited by a visit to the theatre but there are some orders of mind on which some amusements without of themselves lowering their tone act in a manner that is highly mischievous they resemble an intoxicating drink which raises him who indulges in it above the low realities of life and which is the more tempting to the victim from the fine and generous thoughts that garnish like flowers the fatal bowl but unlike such drinks the effect of the stage continues and is not a mere alternative of action and reaction the amateur finds himself in a false position in the world he is disgusted with the details of business his future is not a speculation founded upon induction but the baseless fabric of a vision marcus bell to the great distress of his mother became a constant attendant at the theatre and in the same proportion he relaxed in his attention to the duties of the office till various quarrels with his employer became the consequence but it is necessary to notice in the first place a still more important result of the new passion that had beset him free admissions are always given to the boxes and there bell found himself in the midst of that class of society whence are usually taken the heroes and heroines of the drama among these he saw for the first time that unfortunate lady whose name is only too well known to the public amelia gray and felt toward her as he asserts the moment their eyes met that species of attraction which almost seems to invest their subsequent connection with the character of fatality miss gray had lost her mother in infancy and being an only child was the spoiled pet of her father a gentleman of some property in the neighbourhood her education was entrusted to an elderly lady of perfect respectability but of too easy a disposition and the predilections she exhibited for dramatic amusements was therefore permitted to strengthen itself as she grew older by uncontrolled indulgence it is not to be supposed that the boxes in a provincial town were usually so crowded as to prevent miss gray from distinguishing individuals by and by she came to expect to see young bell and the flush which her tacit recognition sent to his brow was soon reflected on her own as the story enacted before them went on they read stealthily in each other's eyes the criticisms of the heart and more especially at those outbursts of devoted passion which the drama delights to exhibit as rending away the artificial barriers of society their glances bespoke something far deeper than the sympathy of an amateur and thus they became acquainted 
exchanging looks and thoughts instead of words and suffering the sentiments which at their age are in the course of formation to grow and ripen in the heated atmosphere of a playhouse this new passion for it became such was fatal to the prospects of the youth the very quietness and taciturnity of his disposition operated against him the romantic ideas which had beset him having no opportunity of being rubbed off in the collision of social life he passed his time in a dream the shadows of imagination were realities to him the realities of the world shadows he came at length to believe that amelia and he were destined for each other and the absurd delusion was so strong that even the shock of being turned out of his employment for indolence in the discharge of its mechanical duties did not awaken him after this he spent the greater part of his time in rambling about the country for home became insufferable from the grief and reproaches of his mother and he had no idle acquaintances but soon he was not always alone mr gray's park was his favourite haunt and poor amelia was accustomed to repair every day with her work more frequently a romance in her hand to a nook in one of the richest glades which she called her boudoir for many days she was not aware that he with whom in all probability her thoughts were busy at the moment but whose very name she was unacquainted with was close by the path concealed in the shrubbery where damon kneeling worshipped as she passed he at length however ventured in her sight in that portion of the park which was open to the public although the first time it was with his eyes bent upon the ground and his face covered with burning blushes gradually they grew accustomed to the presence of each other they exchanged looks glances of recognition words and finally the two intimate and confidential friends became acquainted i must hurry over the result of their fatal meetings sacred be love from sight whate'er it is let it be imagined that the boudoir was their trysting place that they talked treason against society and its rigid laws that they read together books of dangerous passion and that at length a time came when the world was all forgot the struggle o'er desperate the joy that day they read no more i have no intention to elevate vice by making it sentimental the above were actually the steps that led to this unhappy connection they indicate weakness on both sides and an imprudence on the part of miss gray which was the result of a neglected education but i confess i do not see any very egregious symptoms of that early depravity of which bell is accused perhaps the disclosure i have to make myself is the worst thing in this portion of his history it is that he looked forward to the consequences of their love as a means of compelling mr gray to accept him as a son-in-law but even this which at first sight appears so mean and cruel 
arose from those false views of the social state which were indulged both by amelia and him when the situation of the young lady became at length apparent the decisive moment had arrived but it was a moment which however long contemplated marcus was far from being prepared to meet everything had appeared easy at a distance but when the time came when he was actually to wait upon mr gray for the purpose of demanding his daughter in marriage he shrunk back in alarm he feared that he had made a miscalculation would one of the first men in the neighborhood really think that he snatched his daughter from destruction by marrying her to the ex-clerk of an attorney would his visit answer any other purpose than that of adding insult to injury by telling the father that he had seduced his only child and intended heiress the film of romance fell from the eyes of marcus bell and he looked with anguish and remorse upon her whom he now termed his victim as she stood pale and terror-stricken before him watching his decision mr gray was a rich man and had high notions of family consequence so high indeed that the idea of such a circumstance as had now taken place could not have occurred to him at all as within the range of possibility but on the other hand he was dotingly fond of his daughter the question then was whether love or rage would gain the mastery whether he would sacrifice his prospects of family aggrandizement to amelia's happiness or sacrifice amelia herself to his revenge after numerous consultations it was determined that bell should put the matter to the proof and one day leaving his mistress trembling and nearly fainting in her shady boudoir he proceeded to the house to demand an interview with its master it was arranged that whatever might be the issue of the adventure he was to return to bring the news himself to amelia marcus was admitted and with a sinking heart and trembling limbs found himself actually waiting in the library for the approach of mr gray he heard his voice he counted his footsteps as they came near but when at length he saw the handle of the door turn the young man could no longer withstand the horror of his situation but sunk gasping upon a chair i cannot tell in what manner he explained himself for bell declared to me that he lost every recollection of the details of the interview the moment it was over he only recollected for that could not pass from his memory being dragged by the neck from the room and along the passage and kicked like a dog out of the house he did not return to the wood he included even amelia herself in the imprecations that burst from his heart at that moment he could have murdered her he went straight home reeling like a drunken man broke open his mother's desk 
and finding no money for she had gone out to market with her slender purse cut into the lodgers his friend mr haswell's portmanteau and abstracting from it between five and six pounds took a place on a coach just starting for london and threw himself upon the world it cannot be said that his feelings ever returned to their usual level when at last he could think calmly however desperately he regretted that he had not taken leave of amelia as for the robbery when he thought at all of that it was as he expressed it with a kind of awful exultation his mother he knew would have to make up the money but this would be to purchase cheaply the absence of a burden which weighed upon her energies like the nightmare his exultation arose from the idea that he had made the first plunge into the gulf to which he was destined and this frightful fancy was but too natural in his situation he had no friends no money no character no profession he had abjured the rank in which he had been placed by birth and education and had been spurned with scorn and indignation from the one to which he had aspired what hope was there for him in a world where substance could be gained only by fraud or labor what resources but to take what he could not earn but these delusions were for a long time known to be such they were ramifications of the wild dream in which amelia and he had indulged and he at first gave himself up to them as an amusement for his imagination in the midst of the terrible realities by which he was now surrounded but this new drag became a habit like the former he had learnt to receive pleasure from the idea of crime and although he husbanded his small resources with penurious care and continued to seek such employment as he was fit for with constant though hopeless assiduity it was without any fierce emotion he at length found himself at that point where the alternative was to beg for the means of subsistence or to take them either by fraud or force the career of this unhappy youth in london is familiar to the public and i do not think it necessary here for the purpose of bringing down this history to go again over its details i may state however as a circumstance not hitherto mentioned that the remarkable success which for a time attended him is attributed by himself to the fact that he never employed or otherwise placed himself in the power of any female accomplice his love for amelia was unchanged and this extraordinary passion preserved even the felon outlaw from the contamination of debauchery i am inclined to think however for my days of romance are well nigh past that if his love had been more pure if amelia had been the object of some delicate and virtuous attachment the same effect would not have been produced she in fact took the place in his imagination of the more vulgar mistresses of his comrades 
and in proportion as his uninformed and misdirected mind was more refined than theirs her influence was greater a platonic attachment besides could not have subsisted at all in the midst of guilt like his for the hope of being reunited to its object which was actually the anchor of his heart could not have endured for a moment but it is needless to load this little narrative with such speculations the fact is certain that it was his intention to return and carry off his mistress by fraud or force as soon as he had realized a sum sufficient to enable him to emigrate in comfort to the cape of good hope this sum amounting to rather more than six hundred pounds he actually did realize and his place was taken by the coach to chester he was at this time connected with a gang of housebreakers small in number but of a very daring and desperate character and the night preceding his journey to the country was to be employed in a deed which would produce about two hundred pounds each this was the robbery of the house of mr hillsweather in baker street the desperadoes remarked to each other that there was nothing criminal in the enterprise because mr hillsweather was a young man of fashion who was lavishing his fortune as fast as he could upon courtesans and blacklegs and there was certainly little or nothing perilous as they had an accomplice within the house and an entrance was not to be made till at least an hour after the departure of its master for newmarket on that evening he was to entertain a small party of select friends of both sexes and set out at midnight on his journey notwithstanding these favourable circumstances marcus bell had a misgiving as he alleges for which he could not account he was more than once upon the point of declaring off but the amount of the booty was tempting and the time passed in hesitation till it was too late to withdraw this feeling may be accounted for without having recourse to superstition on the very next morning he was to set out to rejoin miss gray and it was no wonder that he should have shrunk with unconscious terror from a new deed of such a nature as the moment approached for revisiting chester he had been tortured by a thousand doubts and fears he had sent occasionally a little money to his mother but without giving his address and had not heard one syllable from or of any human being in the district he thought it more than probable that amelia's disgrace had been cloaked by her family what might not have occurred in the course of eighteen months perhaps she was now married to another but if cast off in the frenzied rage of the moment by her father what had become of her weak ignorant amiable and beautiful where could she look for safety what were the principles she possessed to balance her inexperience marcus ruffian as he was groaned in spirit as the last query suggested itself summoning the shapes of memory like accusing spirits before him the time for action arrived and the robbers met without interruption at the spot all went well mr hillsweather and his friends 
had set out on their journey the whole party in a state of intoxication if any remained in the house which was improbable they could hardly be in a condition to perceive the intrusion or if they were to give the alarm the night was dark they had not met a single officer of police since they passed portman square their accomplice one of the inferior servants who had not accompanied his master was faithful the area gate was opened gently and the ruffians entered one by one in silence and unobserved the gang separated in the hall as had been agreed each to pursue his separate duty and bell mounted the stairs to penetrate to the master's bedchamber where the principal part of the money was expected to be found he looked into several rooms as he passed and by the light of his lantern observed evident traces of the riot and debauchery of which they had been the scene some hours before broken glasses wine spilt on the satin covers fragments of female dress attested the nature of the orgies he passed on and with his lantern in one hand and a cocked pistol in the other entered the principal bedroom all was profoundly silent and yet it was evident that the bed was not untenanted for some handsome female clothing lay upon the chairs near it as if lately put off by the sleeper bell hesitated for a moment but was presently reassured by the idea that one of the female guests had been left behind in consequence of having drank to excess he advanced gently however till on the light of the lantern penetrating the shady hollow of the curtains he saw that the tenant of the bed was already in a sitting posture watching breathlessly his approach his first thought was to command silence his first motion to threaten her with the pistol but his tongue clove to his mouth his hand fell lifelessly by his side he felt as if stunned he knew not how images of horror without form or void pressed upon his brain this was but for a moment the female sprang from the bed and putting back her hair from her brow gazed upon him with eyes of almost insane wonder and expectation man what are you at length broke in a whisper from her white lips as amelia bent toward her lover without daring to approach him i am a thief replied marcus bell hoarsely and you i am a harlot she fainted and fell upon the floor and at that instant the pistol in the robber's hand forgotten in the terrible emotion of the scene exploded the servants aroused by the report succeeded in capturing two of the ruffians and on reaching the bedroom they found miss gray sitting upon the floor with her face covered with her dishevelled hair buried in her hands and marcus bell standing at a little distance with his arms crossed upon his bosom gazing upon the ruin he had made to the above narrative which may be depended upon as substantially correct 
i have only to add that soon after bell's flight from chester mr gray died and left his daughter without a shilling the conviction that her lover had deserted her from mercenary motives added to the usual circumstances which act so fatally upon characters like hers had led to her present degraded situation i cannot forbear to mention however as a thing connected with those mysteries of the female heart which a man is incapable of understanding that although she never visited bell in prison or saw him since that terrible recognition except on the trial i find in the list of emigrants to the colony to which he is to be transported the name of amelia gray end of section seven